0: MLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Woo! As an adult, don't we all miss spring break? Nothing like taking a week off from all your responsibilities. Well, here's the next best thing for adults a spring break from house payments. SaveWithConrad.com can help you get rid of all your credit card debt just like that. We're routinely helping our listeners save five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this, but check this out no house payments for two months at SaveWithConrad.com. It's
1: time for another edition of Strictly Business with Eric Bischoff. I, of course, am John Alba, joined by the man of the hour, my friend, Mr. Eric Bischoff. Uh, anything interesting happened this week, dude?
2: I don't know, man. I'm just sitting here drinking champagne out of my coffee cup, <laughs> my Steelers cup, by the way. Diehard Steelers fan, always, always will be. Actually, I'm drinking coffee out of my coffee cup, but we should be celebrating here. Given the number of prognosticators, the self-described wrestling experts and journalists and all of those who had a voice when it came to who WWE was going to sell to. We, my friend, you and I right here on Strictly Business, were the only ones, the only ones. To predict Endeavor and to predict it as you did on WrestleMania weekend. Outstanding. Give yourself a big round we, of applause, everybody. Pat yeah. yourself yeah. on the yeah.
1: back, buddy. No I mean, listen, the WrestleMania week, that one, you could telegraph that. you You were genuinely one of the very few people who said Endeavor from the start here. And snaps all around to Eric Bischoff. I mean, man, what a turn of events. WWE no longer owned by Vince McMahon. Instead, Ari Emanuel and the Endeavor Group now in control of WWE in a merger for the ages. And we're going to talk all about it here on Strictly Business. Wow. You were on the road this past week. I was on the road this past week. This was chaos, man. One of the busiest weeks in wrestling history. When you saw the news flash across your screen, what was your reaction
2: I, you know, I wasn't surprised, and I'm not saying that because I, you know, I, I really felt strongly about the Endeavor opportunity. I, I, I wasn't, uh, I, I just wasn't, I wasn't surprised at all. It didn't, like, really register with me. It just kind of fell into place. It makes sense, given everything that's going on in WWE over the last eight months or a year. It's just kind of seemed like a natural evolution of things.
1: A natural evolution with a big plan in place. And we will be talking all about that here on Strictly Business. And if you want to get your plan in place, you can sign up with our friends over at Impera that you're going to hear about in just a little bit here on Strictly Business. I know Endeavor is all in on Impera as they're trying to merge WWE and UFC together. So you'll be able to. Can find you imagine
2: out. right now, Ari Emanuel, head of Endeavor, who is now Vince McMahon's boss, mm-hmm. is probably sitting in his palatial office somewhere in. Hollywood, sitting there trying to figure out Empira. He's about ready to pick up the the phone, give our buddies over there a call for some personalized onboarding so that Ari can manage this monster that he just acquired. Amazing. I I would not doubt it. I would not doubt it for a moment.
1: Me neither. I'll tell you what, Eric, I want to get this out of the way first. This is actually... As we record this april 6th yesterday was the one year anniversary of you and i starting strictly business so i can't believe that it's been a year already of has us it in- really been that yeah. long it's been wow. a year and you know for those of you who are listening to strictly business 83 weeks.com or on the 83 weeks feed you know you've been getting this show in on the main feed for the last four months or so but eric and i have been doing this and laying this down on adfreeshows.com for a year now and. I got to encourage people, Eric, and I'm sure you can back me up on this. There are so many great episodes that never hit the main feed that people can learn so much from. We do live
2: to enlighten here at Strictly Business, and there is enlightenment in abundance over at AdFreeShows.com. You can pick up some of those episodes of Strictly Business, the early episodes, the the pioneering, the groundbreaking, foundation-building episodes of strictly business that occurred before we broke it loose, and made it available to the masses here on the main feed. But yeah, there's some great stuff there, and I'm I'm very proud of strictly business. I really enjoy working with you, John. You, you're Likewise. great, great. I don't want to say addition, but you know you're you're kind of like the people don't realize this, but you're the producer. You're a co-host. You know, you're know, you coming up with ideas all the time of things to discuss and, and people to discuss them with, so I appreciate all your
1: contributions I appreciate as you. Well. I appreciate you. I've learned a lot from working with you, Eric Bischoff, and it's changed the way that I've watched wrestling as well uh, for the better, and it definitely was in play this week because we're going to get into the weeds of what happened WrestleMania week and some of the other stuff as well 83weeks.com if you're not subscribed guys make sure you're subscribed get access to 83 weeks and strictly business right at your fingertips and leave those five star reviews because that's how we're able to grow our brand here on strictly business as well every single week um okay let's get into the The nitty-gritty of this WWE sale, Eric. We did episode after episode after episode after episode trying to pave the path on what things might look like. And we finally know now. It's Ari Emanuel's Endeavor company that purchases WWE. Endeavor is going to be the majority owner here, the 51% owner. WWE shareholders, which, of course, Vince McMahon is still the executive chair of, uh, will have 49% ownership. Nick Khan will remain WWE president. And the biggest part of this move, Eric, is that WWE and UFC now essentially are in full synergy together as one publicly traded company, which will be referred to on the market as TKO. UFC, as a result of this deal, is evaluated at $12 billion, and WWE's uh, estimated value, $9.3 billion. And that's a number that I think a lot of people were maybe on the fence about, oh, will they get seven, will they get eight? We heard the reports. You and I talked about it. That Vince wanted nine, and they got nine point three billion as the estimated value of it. We talk about these numbers in this merger, Eric. What do you think of this path going forward of utilizing these two companies as synergy with one another?
2: Synergy is one of my least favorite words. <laughs> I know it in is in the English language. I it know has it been used, abused distorted, and ruined for the rest of my professional life. That being said, I can't think of a different word, so I'm going to use it reluctantly on this episode, maybe for the last time in my life. But one of the reasons why I was leaning heavily towards the endeavor opportunity was because if, I mean, if you look at WWE and you look at UFC first of all for those people who think they're similar they're not there is zero similarities between WWE and WCW as properties
1: as UFC you mean.
2: or UFC sorry that being said I mean one is one is a legitimate athletic contest The other is scripted entertainment, much like Succession or Yellowstone or The Simpsons. (laughs) Take your pick. Scripted entertainment is scripted entertainment. Sports, professional sports, are professional sports. And beyond that, there's really no similarity other than, let's see. They both have licensing and merchandising components, business units within their respective companies. They both make a lot of money on premium live events or pay-per-views. They're both involved in the television distribution business. They're both involved in live event and live event sponsorship. They're both involved in negotiating with major arenas around the country. So there's a lot of similarities within the respective companies in terms of the business units. Now, the reason I think this made a lot of sense for Endeavor is because WWE is a mature company. It's been around for I don't even know how long. Let's just call it 35, 40 years. How long has Vince McMahon had it? Since 1980. Something? Yeah,
1: a little before a little before the first mania, a few years before the first mania.
2: All right. So let's call it 40 years. UFC's been around for 15, maybe a little longer, but as a legitimate business. It didn't become legitimate until the Fretitas got it, until Ultimate Fighter kind of made a big splash on Spike on Viacom. And then like all hell broke loose. So it's relatively young. UFC as a company. WWE has got a very mature and quite sophisticated by anybody's standards. If you wanted to compare it to Disney or you wanted to compare it to any other intellectual property based company, WWE has got a very sophisticated licensing and merchandising department. It's got a very sophisticated international television distribution arm. It's very sophisticated and mature in ways that I think can really benefit UFC. Now there's some inherent challenges in UFC when, for example, just compare, right? Just licensing and merchandising. WWE can build a plan for a year or two mm-hmm. years. They can identify a talent and go to a potential license, licensor I guess, or licensee. I get them mixed up all the time. I should figure that out pretty soon. (laughs) But they could go to a potential licensee and say, look, we're going to create this character called Roman Reigns. Roman is going to dominate WWE for the next two years. And just paint this amazing picture of where this character is going to be. And help develop and encourage development of licensing programs based upon that new character. UFC can't do that. UFC is lucky. If any of their champions remain champions for beyond six months, I think the last time anybody had any kind of a real run. Oh my gosh. Who was that? Oh, I can't even remember his name, now, which says a lot. I mean, there's the been
1: there's been several. I mean, Khabib. There's a the guy Mc that McGregor. had like a horseshoe cut in his head. Well, there's Khabib. There's McGregor.
2: No, not McGregor. Um, he was John a heavier
1: guy. I mean, Daniel Cormier. No,
2: it, it'll come back to me. But there was a guy, it was several years ago now. And I think he, he actually started getting some publication. He may have even seen the cover of Sports Illustrated. Um, could be wrong on that one. We're going back a while now. But the UFC's got a real challenge with that. It's hard to build a licensing and merchandising program around someone who may or may not be even in the mix in six months.
1: And you, you don't months. know when they're going to get hot, right? Like you never know when someone's going to break out either. It's hard no, to understand.
2: The nature of UFC, the nature of MMA, Ooh. you know, the nature of MMA is it's kind of like, you know, the any given Sunday you know, theory where you've got to watch because you you may think you know what's going to happen, but you don't know what's going to happen, right? And that's one of the things that I think makes UFC so exciting and successful as a sports property, but it's also one of the things that keeps it from becoming as successful as it could be when it comes to licensing and merchandising.
1: You know, it's so fascinating about what you said. You said, oh, well, UFC's about 15 years or so. I mean, UFC's been around since... 1993, but it didn't become this juggernaut, really. It didn't become a viable business until, Until, until until Endeavor purchases it, and it crosses over into this whole new level. WME purchased it after UFC 200. UFC was doing very well from UFC 100 to UFC 200. It gets purchased, and then all of a sudden it just becomes this juggernaut which which is ultimately what UFC has become. It's a cultural phenomena, And, you know, people I, I remember taking these. My minor in college was sports studies. And a lot of it was based around like the heyday, the golden era of sports was when boxing was like this be all end all mm-hmm. creating larger than life superstars. And it's amazing how quickly UFC overtook boxing as this identifiable brand in combat sports. And I do think Endeavor was a big part of that. Now Mark Shapiro, the president of WME, has said that they're going to try to follow the UFC model for WWE.
2: You said WME, did you mean uh, Endeavor?
1: Well yeah, that, that's in coordination with Endeavor. Um so, so we should
2: we should identify him as so,
1: well so sorry. So William Morris, William Morris Endeavor is Endeavor. Um, WME for those who are not up to speed with that and not Hollywood types right? Sorry. so WME is Endeavor now Mark Shapiro has said that WWE is going to follow a similar path to UFC in terms of business model and I think Eric there's a lot that each of them can take from one another you're just talking about the licensing stuff but when I heard Shapiro say that there are a myriad of things that came to mind initially and I'm curious what your thoughts are The first thing that immediately comes to mind is the pay-per-view model. UFC in the last few years has moved to the ESPN Plus model, where you have a blanket rate for ESPN Plus that houses the content, and then you're paying individualized prices for each pay-per-view. The WWE Network and Peacock subsequently has totally changed how wrestling fans consume premium live events and pay-per-views. If it were to explore a shift like that, which I think is very possible, by the way, what do you think a reception would be like to something like that for wrestling fans?
2: Oh God, I don't know. It's hard to predict. Right. Um, I think they would adapt. I think you're going to have anytime you have any kind of change, you know, like if, if somebody woke up, like if I woke up and I was a president of the, of the world, not just the United States. Well, you basically are anyway. Right. But if I was president of the world and I said, all right, I'm passing a law law at midnight tomorrow night, Greenwich Mean Time, that says when you get up in the morning, by law, you have to put your right sock on before you put your left sock on. Punishable by five years in prison or $250,000 fine or both. Now, if I were to pass that law as president of the world, even people that put their right sock on first normally would bitch about it. People that typically put their left sock on first would go batshit crazy. There'd be riots in the streets. It would be insane for about a month. And then everybody put their left sock on first, and that would be the end of it. It's no big deal. And now that, that's probably what would happen if there's a a change in the the way that premium live events or pay-per-views, take your pick, are distributed. I think people would, you'd have a certain amount of people that would bitch about it. You'd have a certain segment of the audience that would pull out the calculator and do the math and go, oh, I guess it's not really costing me that much more, maybe a little bit. Maybe a lot. I don't
1: know. Uh, it would be a lot because we're talking about a situation here where right now you can technically get WWE pay per views for $5.99 a month if you pay for the ad version of Peacock. You could get WWE pay per views $5.99 a month plus the library. In UFC's current setup, hypothetically, if WWE were to adopt this, you're talking a flat rate per month for ESPN Plus or some other platform if they choose to change that. Plus, pay-per-view prices can range between $35 and sometimes $70. So you're, we're not talking nickels to dimes here. We're talking significant, significant. Well, let's,
2: significant. let's explore that a little bit because admittedly, I'm not, I'm not that familiar with ESPN plus or the, or I, I actually, I have it because I've purchased a couple UFC pay-per-views over the last year or two, but I don't, I don't pay attention to it. I'm, I just have it. So, if I subscribe to ESPN Plus, what do I get from UFC?
1: You might get additional content, library stuff. It, it depends on what the offering may be in that particular time.
2: But if I go on right now, what would be available to me? Any idea? You,
1: you, I mean, I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but you would, be, you would have access to some library content. I believe they have the ability to allow you to go back and watch certain events as well that were pay-per-view content at one point in time. And, and alongside that, you have their other properties that go directly to there.
2: And UFC doesn't really have a show on the air, do they?
1: Like, you mean like a weekly television program, like a weekly television show, N- not in the way that Monday night. Raw okay. So, work, no. so there's a big difference there mm-hmm. when
2: it comes to value. Um, I don't know. I'd have to think. I'd have to really dig into that a little bit more. I don't want to speak to something that I'm so unfamiliar with because that would make me like Dave Meltzer. So I'll, I'm I'll, I'm I'm going to dig into that a little bit. But
1: by the way, look if if, if there's Meltzer, a story the Eric, Dave Meltzer uh, put me over. Dave Meltzer put me over big on a show this past week. I don't know how that makes you feel about me, but just just saying.
2: He's such a douchebag. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't feel good about that if I were you. In fact, I honestly now you're gonna think I'm joking, but I'm not. <laughs> I used to tell people all the time, like when when I first created Nitro and launched Nitro, hmm. of course Dave Melcher and everybody else like burying me and burying WCW and predicting our demise and all that. And I used to tell everybody in the office, don't let that get you down. In fact, if he's burying you, chances are you're doing something right. You don't have to worry about anything until Dave Meltzer puts you over. That's if shit. Dave Meltzer puts you <laughs> over, you need to reevaluate <laughs> shit.
1: He said I asked a good question in the press conference. There you mm. go.
2: So take, right, What take was the go. question as you asked? Let's, let's get oh, to I, it.
1: Oh, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about it once we uh, get into the WrestleMania discussion. But I basically, more or less, in more eloquent words, asked Triple H why roman reigns beat cody rhodes
2: more or less that's a, that's a great tease and we'll save the answer in his response to later yes. on in the show Yeah, yes. i love that that's a that's a that's an organic natural tease to hold oh, yeah. the audience till mm-hmm. till later on i love that
1: because we will talk about yeah. that believe me um but yeah uh, continuing with with your conversation you say you didn't want to speculate uh on what this would mean for the fan experience and whatnot but there are so many other factors, Eric. Like, how does this affect talent? Talent is a huge part of this. When Why would acquis- it affect
2: talent at all?
1: Well, here's what I'll, I'll say on the surface level first. When mergers happen, when sales happen, acquisitions happen, there's always going to be the questions of cuts and releases at, at the forefront. Um, is that something, historically speaking, that anyone should be concerned about? I, I would...
2: If I was an employee of WWE, I would have been concerned about it prior to a sale because when you're, I mean, this is what WCW went through as as well as so many other Turner companies. When there was a merger or sale anticipated for six months or a year, Turner executives were hacking, slashing, cutting costs, moving money around, intercompany allocations, you know how they go moving up, doing everything that they could do to make certain or as certain as possible that each business unit within internal Broadcasting was operating on an EBITDA of about 17 or 18%. That was the goal. So you're going to have cost-cutting measures in order to get to that 17% EBITDA. You're going to have all kinds of cost-cutting measure, measures and reallocation of revenues and and so forth and costs um that's part of the game subsequent to a merger or a sale i don't i wouldn't be worried about that if i was a wwe employee right now or talent because they're not employees and first of all they're all under contracts anyway now those contracts you know they are what they are the nature of them so they're they're not like you know, a three-year contract isn't necessarily a three-year contract. It's only a three-year contract if they want it to be a three-year contract. Um, but I short answer, no, I wouldn't worry about it now. I would have been concerned about it before a sale, but not after a sale.
1: There was one element of this that your gut told you one thing, but what ended up happening was different. You did say with Endeavor, you, you had a gut feeling that WWE would be going private. And instead... We see this remain a public company under a new name TKO. Again, is going to be the trading name. Where, as I alluded to before, Endeavor is going to be the fifty-one percent majority owner. WWE shareholders will be the forty-nine percent minority. Which means, in theory, Eric, even though Vince McMahon means in
2: theory, Vince McMahon is going to be Ari Emanuel's bitch.
1: And it means that, in theory, Vince McMahon <laughs> could get voted out and, and at any given notice, if that were to be something that wanted to be explored. Were you surprised by the fact that they stayed public out of this?
2: I I was. I really thought that Vince's goal would be to to take the company private. I thought that was his primary goal, to be very honest. And I thought Endeavor made sense for all the reasons we've already talked about, but I really thought
1: it would be to take the company private. Did you watch the Ari Emanuel interview with Vince? No. No. There was a lot of chumminess between them, and Vince tried to give the impression that he was totally okay walking away in any acquisition if he wasn't wanted. But Ari kept saying that he wanted Vince to be part of this because he sees Vince as a visionary and that he felt that he would be the perfect person to lead WWE into this next chapter. And Vince reluctantly agreed (laughs) to, to stay on. And it was brought up that Vince would be overseeing the creative process. And Vince said that he would be loosely doing so and not in the weeds. Meanwhile, on Monday Night Raw, there is was- must
2: be listening to the show because I'm the only one that uses the term in the weeds. What was sudden, Now everybody's using it. <laughs> hey, I I not we- only are we prescient here and we predict the future, and we can we we have such a, an amazing feel for this industry called sports entertainment that we can predict the future, but we're also kind of setting trends in in, in in, American language as well. And In the weeds is now kind of a
1: common thing. I'd be thrilled if Vince McMahon's listening to Strictly Business every single week. Oh, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he I does. I, I know he's an ad-free show subscriber, listen to Bruce Prichard's stories every week on Something to Wrestle. I have no doubt about that. But what I do know is that Monday Night Raw There were a lot of changes made on the fly. It was widely reported by multiple outlets that the format was changing actively as the show was going on. And that Vince was active in Gorilla during the show. So make of it what you will, whether you want to believe or not, that Vince will be out of the weeds of WWE creative. I mean, you know Vince at a larger level than most of us do. What is your honest assessment on what his involvement in this company is going to be going forward? Because that is the biggest question that everybody is talking about and wants to know. Your honest assessment, Eric.
2: First of all, I agree with Ari Emanuel. And I, and I don't think anybody in their right mind could disagree that Vince McMahon is a visionary above all visionaries when it comes to this industry. Vince. Vince is amazing when it comes to his vision and his ability to execute on that vision. When it comes to his reluctance to kind of stay in creative, I ain't buying that bullshit. I ain't buying that. Vince, I think probably, here's my guess. It's just a guess. I think in his mind, like one one half of his brain is going, Vince, step away. It's time. Paul Ovech's doing a great job. Bruce Pritchard's doing a great job. You know, a lot of people on the creative team are doing it. Ed Kosky's doing a great job. There's a lot of people there that are doing a phenomenal job. And we've seen it over the last six months. It's not even a, a, a discussion, not a valid one. And I think Vince recognizes that. And I think that part of his brain Is probably speaking to him briefly throughout the course of a day saying, Vinny, let it go. Come on. There's other things to do. But then there's a side of his brain that has been living this thing Mm -hmm. since he was a young child. Since before he really got to know his father. And then working for his father and learning to be and trying to get his father's approval. Because if you read a little bit about Vince McMahon Sr., he wasn't too excited about Vince McMahon Jr. getting into the wrestling business. So I've read. So for the better part of Vince McMahon's life, this thing called wrestling has been the majority of it. I mean, you don't walk away from that. You may want to. It may be like an alcoholic that walks by the same bar every day on his way, to, on his way from his office to or her uh, on their way from his or her office to their car parked at a parking lot three blocks away. But every day you've got to walk by this really cool Irish pub. And one day all winter long, you're walking by this thing and you've been able to resist it, right? you know you're better off not going into that Irish pub. And you're proud of yourself. Each and every day that you walk by, you hold your head a little bit higher because you've knocked down one more day. But along comes May. The doors are open. The windows are open. The sights, the sounds, the smells of springtime are upon us. And as you walk by, that Irish pub, and you get to the door, you get this overwhelming smell. Great Irish food, you can't resist it. And you walk into that bar and before you know it, you're struggling with, should I follow this bangers and mash up with a cold beer or not? It's a constant struggle. And I think that's probably the way Vince McMahon feels about creative. He knows he should walk by that British or that Irish pub. He knows he should. But as soon as he gets near gorilla, he sees that big leather chair and goes, damn it. I miss the smell of that chair. I miss those little mints up here by my microphone. He has mints. Yeah. Oh, that's Tons cool. Of them. Tons of them. Interesting. Yeah. It's just like a. It's like a candy store up there. So I think he, as much as he may want to walk away from it, I don't think he's wired in such a way that he'll allow himself to do it. He'll be drawn into it. And his personality is such, he's not a, he, look, I have nothing but the utmost respect for Vince McMahon as a business person. And I, and I like him as a person. I mean, he's, I consider him a friend. But he does not play well with others. No. He, he just Historically, he just doesn't play well with others. So I think at some point in time, there'll probably be an issue there. But hopefully, it'll, hopefully, it'll be down the road. Hopefully, there'll be no collateral damage, meaning losing key people. Because you wouldn't want that to happen. There's some great talent there in WWE on the creative team. Great talent. You wouldn't want to lose that. That's the core of the company.
1: I would get roasted on social media if I didn't ask you this question because I have to.
2: Fox social media. Who cares?
1: Oh, no, I just, I, I mean, it, and it, it would be warranted. What are your thoughts on the mustache and the dyed hair?
2: Freaky looking. What the hell?
1: <laughs>
2: what the hell? I mean, the mustache. Vincent Price. I and mean, the dyed hair. Look, I've, I've got some experience with dyeing my
1: yeah, hair. You do, you do.
2: And I've got a strong opinion about it. I don't think any guy over the age of 35 or 40 should be dying their hair. Now, I know I did it well past my expiration date. And I wished I wouldn't have. But I think it looks hideous because you can see a guy. You can pick a 77-year-old that dyes his hair You could pick him out from across 10,000 people in a parking lot. Oh, see that guy way over there? See the guy by the blue Chevy? Dyes his hair. It's ridiculous. What about the mustache? The mustache just kind of draws more attention to it. Yeah. I don't get it. Who wears a mustache like that? What is it? Is he Howard Hughes?
1: Er It's Errol Flynn, man.
2: Errol Flynn, Howard Hughes, somebody (laughs) with a little, tiny, thin mustache. I mean, chicks don't dig do that.
1: I mean, Maybe they do. Maybe I'm Vince knows otherwise. more than I do. I don't know. I've heard otherwise, uh, on, on that front. Um, it, it it almost like gives into this persona, though, right? Like Vince is the evil businessman. Here he is, stroking his little mustache as he makes this deal with Endeavor, signing a deal with the devil, and now these two mega powers have combined into one as Vince. Strokes his evil mustache because you know why Eric Bischoff, he knows he's got a plan. And when you need a plan, you use Impera because you know we're using Impera over here at Strictly Business. You go to Impera.com, that's E M P I R A A dot com forward slash Eric, and you use the code WrestleBiz, W R E S T L E B I Z for 14 days. For free, 20% off your overall subscription, a subscription that, by the way, is going to cost you less than a couple cups of coffee a month. We're talking about the proest of the pros, if you will, when it comes to getting your business off the ground. What would you like to share with the audience about our friends over at Impera?
2: Wow, what would I like to share? Number one, it's easy. It's intuitive, meaning someone like me can figure it out. You get a, you get free onboarding, a real live human being that you can discuss your business with, what's important to you, and they'll help you set up your dashboard in such a way that it's customized to your business. Empira helps you work your plan. A business plan plans your work for you. It lays out what you need to accomplish over the course of a year or three years or five years, depending on your business plan. And it gives you all of those benchmarks that you need to hit in order to be successful and execute that plan. But you need a tool. You need a tool that every single day when you get to work in the morning, the first thing you do is go to your computer, you log on, you go to your dashboard, and right there in front of you, Impera has your entire business laid out, and you can go back and you can check performance in any category you want. Check your pillars. Check your pillars, damn it. Pillars are important. And you can look at those pillars. Oh my gosh, so important that somebody's calling me to say hello. I think
1: that's Impera right now, checking in on you, making sure that everything's going all right.
2: Holy cow. See, all you need to do is talk about Impera, and the business starts rolling in. I love <laughs> how that works. <laughs> now, seriously, Impera gives you the ability to to work your plan and and every day, whether you're Self-employed, you're a sole proprietor. It's just you in your office, like kind of like me in my treehouse right now. It's just me. I'm here by myself. I'm with you digitally. But here, this is my this is my cockpit. This is where I fly my plane every single day. And and I'm by myself, but I can check. I can go on a pier and I can see, okay, how's how's our advertising and marketing doing? What's our response rate? We just put out a couple new videos last week. What's our response rate on those videos? Huh. <gasps> I can check. And if it's not what I want it to be, you mean I can call somebody and say, hey, can we up the volume, up the frequency, if you will, on some of those spots? Or if I'm over delivering, can I afford to take that down a little bit and put those resources somewhere else? Impera gives you the ability to do just that, to not only track where you are, but to adjust where you are. And almost more importantly, to communicate with other members of your team. Let's say you're not a sole proprietor like me. You're not flying solo in the cockpit of your own plane. You've got an entire, you're you're flying a 767 and you've got a whole team of people. Well, guess what? You've got to communicate to those people. You all have to be on the same page, right? And gives you the ability to do that. Why would you not do that? It's affordable. It costs less than two cups of these damn things. Mm. And you could manage your business whether you're a business of one or a business of 51 or a business of 501. You can manage your business.
1: It's all about you accountability, can- right? Like accountability to yourself, accountability to your employees. That's how you find success in the business world. Nobody finds success by just skating by and hoping that everything works out okay. With Impira, you're making sure that you're holding yourself and your employees accountable. Can you imagine
2: when when R.E. Manuel calls Vince McMahon up, say,
1: hey Vinny, how are you pal?
2: (laughs) Hey, have you logged on to Impira yet? Come on Vinny, log on. Let's kind of track and see where we're at. You know, they're doing it. They got to yeah. be doing it. Successful as they are, they've got to be taking advantage of Impera.
1: That's, be- be- That's because Impera allows business owners to work on the business and not in the business. And that is the difference in having a mildly successful business and a very successful business. And we want to help you out. Impera.com, E M P I R A A.com forward slash Eric. Use that code, WrestleBiz. Get 14 days for free and then 20% off your subscription. They are so good to us here at Strictly Business and 83 Weeks. And we know that they will be good to you as well with their 24-7 support. That's, important. that's a big
2: thing, John. I hate to interrupt you because yeah, you doing such a great job of these. But they, look, I've I've tried different services. I've tried to subscribe to different things in my life that I thought would make my life easier. And they don't. <laughs> the thing that really put me over the top with impira is not only because it's such a smart solution and tool right and i'm i've been an entrepreneur for the majority of my life i love things like this that make me better and 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 make up for things that i don't know <clears throat> but the onboarding process when you got a live human being on the phone saying okay here, let me help you set this up let me and walk you through setting up your dashboard so that it's specific to your business. I I just don't know of many companies that do that.
1: They literally walked us through our onboarding at 5 a.m. local time for them. So yeah, there you go. I mean that's legit. And they're
2: huge wrestling fans. <laughs> yeah. So if you if you own your own business, if you're thinking about starting your own business, by all means check them out. Just give them a shot. They're wrestling fans they're smart as hell they've got an amazing service
1: you'll be happy you did Impera.com forward slash eric use that code wrestlebiz and set yourself up for success today by checking out our friends over at Impera.
2: hey guys it's the hardcore legend mick foley here and i need to call a quick timeout a brief timeout Because I wanted to tell your listeners what I have been telling Foley is Pod listeners for a while now about all the cool things happening over on adfreeshows.com. The wait is over, as an all-new Conversations with Conrad
0: is finally here. He created the soundtrack to so many of our childhood memories, with iconic themes like The Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Ultimate Warrior, and many more. The legendary Jim Johnston sits down with Conrad for a two-hour career retrospective, available now only on adfreeshows.com. We literally started I was watching some tape of the guy, and I just started doing this to the kind of what I felt like was the tempo of him running. And then I recorded that. And then just over that, you're just doing...
1: You know, it's so simple,
0: but that's what felt like him. That's just a small taste, a sampling, if you will, of what we have waiting for you.
2: With four levels to choose from, four. See for yourself why ad-free shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now, right now, at adfreeshows.com.
0: Looking for a great Mother's Day or Father's Day gift idea? I was, and I found it at Paint Your Life. With Paint Your Life, you'll get a hand-painted portrait created to fit almost any budget, and it's a great gift idea for your mother, your father, or both. You say Paint Your Life transforms your photos into a -a one-of-a-kind beautiful hand-painted portrait created by professional artists. You upload anything you can imagine. You can even combine photos. You'll pick the artist, the medium. You can even customize the frame. And you can receive your painting in as little as two weeks. You can give the most meaningful gift you've ever given at PaintYourLife.com. And there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money's refunded guaranteed. And right now is a limited time offer. Get 20% off your painting. That's right. 20% off and free shipping to get this special offer. Just text the word weeks to 87204. That's weeks to 87204. Text weeks to 87204. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Message and data rates may apply. See paintyourlife.com slash terms for details. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal.
1: merger is going down we're trying to move forward here but one of the things that is still unsettled and it's something that this new regime is going to have to embark on is the television rights agreements and there are a myriad of opportunities now for wwe to move forward nikon is going to remain president of the company in this new structure the wwe side of operations what's your read on how this type of acquisition may affect that
2: how often do you hear me say, I don't know? (laughs) I usually have an opinion one way or the other, but this is one. I I just, honestly, I don't know. I can only imagine that it's great. I mean, look, and I don't expect you to know this because I don't know it, but what, what is the total, what's the s Estimate for the total number of viewers for
1: WWE in the United States. Like on each show in particular?
2: I mean, I can pull that off. Tell me, so you're looking at about five to seven million viewers each week, right? Uh,
1: I'd say probably a little less than that, but yeah. All
2: right. Let's call five just for the sake of discussion. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many fans of the UFC there are in the United States, but you've got a combined audience, you've got a combined demo, while they're two separate products, you've got a combined audience there, and combined demo in the 18 to 49 that is massive, massive. At the very least that gives you a lot of leverage in a conversation. That's at the very least, who's not gonna take your call? Who's not going to be interested in the possibility of having what has become the number one weekly show original on cable television, 52 weeks a year, and then have the UFC and all of its potential. Who is not going to be interested in having that conversation? If you're a network, I just, I, I can, I just can't imagine it's going to be anything but very, very positive. Yeah. Does not it mean it's necessarily going to bring more money? Because the market is what the market is. The market's different now than it was in two thousand what nineteen when 19. the flood deal yep. was consummated. Yep. Yeah, you know, it's a you know we're 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 a different world now than we were. Then we're in a different economy now than we were back then. We're different from a technological perspective than we were back then. There's a lot of things that have changed. So who knows where the valuation for programming will end up? I don't know. I don't mean to, you know, try, I don't want to sound like I, I know something I don't, but I can't imagine that it's not going to be a fun time to be negotiating yeah. on behalf of WWE cuz and then you look, you got Ari Emanuel, his influence over Hollywood. See, there's all these little things too, you know, but like the things that don't show up in conversation. Or in public documentation. How much influence do you think Ari Emanuel has in Hollywood? Quite a bit. Nick Khan.
1: Quite
2: a bit. I mean, you know, it's not like Nick Khan's just like this little guy hanging along for the ride. Nick Khan is a powerhouse. As is Vince McMahon. I just can't imagine it's going to be anything other than a really fun period of time negotiating those rights.
1: Andrew Marshan of the New York Post sports media reporter speculated that ESPN could be in on WWE given the proximity to UFC. (sighs) now And (sighs) wanting to get in on that. You you scoff at that.
2: ESPN blows. That network blows. That is just... I wish they would just... Pull the plug, let it circle the drain, and start over. Ugh. Does anybody it, even watch ESPN anymore?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd say, I'd say a decent amount of people still watch ESPN, but we're no longer in the sports center age of ESPN. That is, oh, it
2: sucks. ESPN. I mean, when I stumble across it, I'll be looking for somebody to stumble across it. It's like, oh my god, you people all
1: suck. There was a great tweet from uh, Richard Deitch, who's a fantastic sports media reporter for The Athletic. And he said, uh, Nick Khan's DiMaggio, referring to Joe DiMaggio, DiMaggio-like streak of making wealthy people wealthier continues. And I said, I re- responded, I said, who will be the Brock to his taker? And he said, no one. He'll be on a beach in Maui by then.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I knew that would pop you. Uh, Nick Khan is unreal, man. He It is I don't think this sale happens without Nick Khan doing what he's done for WWE. The I don't think a lot
2: of things happens without Nick Khan. I mean, that was just, you know, it's, and it's, and I sound like I'm, you know, putting Vince over more than I should. And I don't mean to do that, but he can't help but admire the guy. And some of the decisions he's made, I mean, the decision to bring Nick Khan in and Conrad Thompson called that a long time before I did. Conrad, Conrad saw the sale coming a long time before I did. I resisted it. Even with the addition of Nick Khan. I went, nah, they're not going to sell. They're not going to sell. I was stubborn. I didn't think Vince would actually let go of the keys and let somebody else technically drive the car. Um, but Nick Khan was instrumental in all of this, man. He 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 he's been he's been baking this pie for a long time, a couple of years.
1: You expecting to see a lot of crossover between UFC and WWE now?
2: I don't think so. I don't think any more than we've already seen. Because that would be obnoxious, right? Mm
1: -hmm.
2: You know, a little bit here and there, sure. Because we get a little bit here and there now. But I think if all of a sudden we're seeing a ton of crossover, I think if you start seeing a lot of WWE talent in UFC, you're going to get pushback from the UFC fans. If you start seeing a lot of non-participants from the UFC, other than sitting around at ringside, that's cool. That's just a sign of respect. But if you start seeing backstage stuff with UFC people and hotshot angles and things like that, I think the WWE fans would probably push back. So I, I don't think you're going to see a lot of that.
1: For all intents and purposes now, Dana White and Vince McMahon are partners. And that is just a wild world we live in.
2: How'd you Wait. like to be the server? How'd you like to be the waiter or waitress that that, that sits down with Ari? That serves Ari Emanuel, Dana White, and Vince McMahon. And you've you've got to you've you've got to bring their food. Can you imagine that? You know, overhearing those conversations. I mean, to be a
1: fly on the wall. Just oh. wild, just wild. Uh, let's talk about WrestleMania here for a second, Eric. I don't know how much of WrestleMania you actually got to see.
2: Zero, none, nada.
1: But I do know you had your finger on the pulse of some of the things that happened at it, and I was in Las
2: Vegas with my daughter and her boyfriend. My daughter ran in her. How'd that go? She did great. She uh, she had a personal best. That's great. Um, She's about eight minutes off of qualifying for the Boston Marathon, so she thinks she'll probably get that in the next six months, and that's her goal. So we went, as uh, was my wife and I and our daughter and her boyfriend and my sister. My sister also ran in a half marathon. Hmm. So we had a great time.
1: That's great. I ate my way through.
2: You know what I had, dude? Let's hear it. I've never had it before. Peking duck. Oh, what'd you think of it? I was amazed. Oh, yeah. And I went to this restaurant. I, think, I can't remember. It was a, it's called Hakasan. I don't remember what casino it was in, but it was like one of the best Chinese restaurants I could find.
1: Outstanding. And that
2: traditional Peking duck. It was so good that now I'm, I'm on a mission to learn how to make Peking duck that's, at home.
1: That's good shit, pal. I'm about that. I'm about that entirely. So you had a great time there. I was in LA at WrestleMania. Um First off, did you see pictures of the set? Have you seen what all that looked like? No, I've seen nothing. Oh, dude, it looked unbelievable. I mean, legitimately unbelievable. I'll I'll try to pull up a picture of this while we're rocking and rolling here. But um, Cody Rhodes didn't beat Roman Reigns. I know, man. I can't. I'm. I don't know. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens beat the Usos. Night one ended. Tremendously. Uh, there were so many, I mean, 80,000 people going nuts to see these guys win. And it looked like the cracks in the bloodline were cemented and it was going to piggyback perfectly into the main event of night two. And Roman Reigns pinned Cody Rhodes.
2: That's a, a mystery to me. I hope there's a really good plan. You know, I said in the weeks leading up to WrestleMania, and by the way, I'll check out WrestleMania. Mm-hmm probably not tonight because I got some stuff I got to do tonight, but more than likely before the weekend, I'll check it out. Um, And, but I've been saying for weeks that I'm really looking forward to not only WrestleMania and the results of WrestleMania, but I was really looking forward to where the stories go post WrestleMania. In fact, I think you and I discussed that on the last episode we did. And I really, really hope they've got some great plans laid out. I truly do. Because if they don't, this is going to, the decision to beat Cody will not go down as hard as Sting losing to Hogan because he didn't have a tan. It won't be that bad. But it'll be close. People are going to be really dizzy. now. If there's a great story, and Cody's back in the hunt, or or there's a story that's as compelling, or close to as compelling, as what we've seen over the last four or five six months. Then I'm 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 going to be ecstatic. But I fear that that's probably not the case. Possibly not the case. And if I'm right, ugh it's going to be nasty in WWEville.
1: I'm going to be real with you, Eric. There were 80,000 people there who were ready to see Cody Rhodes become the WWE Universal Champion. The story had been set up so perfectly, Cody had overcome hurdles on his way here. He had to overcome that injury. Sami Zayn and Kevin Kevin Owens won the night before. And there were just 80,000 people ready for this moment and then it didn't happen. And based on the press conference and on TV the impression that I get is that they're going to try to draw this out another year where Cody now like his father Dusty has to overcome more hurdles to claim the prize. And listen, maybe that can be an effective story. But you're asking for people to a hold on for a long time. B you're hoping there's no injuries see you're hoping nobody else gets as hot as Cody because if someone else gets as hot as Cody then you got a problem there it just makes me think that sometimes when the moment is there you only get that moment so few times to really elevate someone to that next level if you pass on it like think about this Eric I'll I'll pose this to you remember Wrestlemania 21 Triple H is facing Batista in the main event in Los Angeles that's the chance to make Dave Batista right and they did. Dave Batista won, and Dave Batista became a made man. He became a top guy in WWE. What would have happened if Dave Batista lost to Triple H and didn't get the comeuppance? All in the name of having to clear, overcome even more hurdles and clear more hurdles. Would that have been as effective as a crowning? I mean, we 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 don't know. No, no. no we, the answer is no. no. The answer is no. It's just not. It's just not. And and I asked Triple H about it in the press conference, more or less. I, I said, you know, y- you clearly had an opportunity here to make somebody. But instead, you chose to continue telling this story. What's the rationale behind that? And he said, it all comes down to feel. It's feel. Sometimes you feel it. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you write about it. Sometimes you're not. But if they didn't feel that this wouldn't have produced the ultimate best outcome at the end, they wouldn't have done it. I mean, give us some of your perspective here as a guy who's been in that position. And you mentioned the Sting Hogan stuff. I mean, how much does feel play into a situation like that? And what's your general assessment here?
2: Depends whose feeling it was. Mm. Um, I look. <clears throat> and maybe it's because of the Sting Hogan thing. You know, maybe there's still a little bit of that PTSD left over, not to make fun or light of PTSD, but, you know, maybe because, maybe because people still continue to remind me on a regular basis of how great that story was between Sting and Hogan, but how badly it ended up. And that's all that people remember is
1: the disappointment. But you, know what what you, you still did, you still, the right guy still went over at the end of the day. Yeah, but it was, it was messed up. It, it
2: was, was messed up. I'm glad really you're
1: admitting it, but still, it was, it was a
2: mess. And I just, I don't know, man, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm, I, I, I really hesitate second guessing creative, especially when the creative has been historically pretty damn good, at least in the last six months. So it's hard for me to be critical of it because, because I'm not there. There may be things going on that we don't know. There may be some really great ideas as far as Cody overcoming the, you know, more hurdles to make to make it even more meaningful when that time finally comes. There may be some great ideas floating around out there that we don't know about. Or there may not be. And that's the question. What are they going to do? Where's it going to go? How do you build a guy? And I'm, this is a rhetorical question. I don't expect you to answer it, but how does one build somebody like Cody, create such a great story, connect with the audience to the extent that the audience wants it as bad as the performer does, and then take it away from them? Yeah. And give them something else. Instead, how do you do that <clears throat> without disappointing your audience to the extent that they may just go, yeah, I'll come back. I'm next over it. Right. I'm okay. over it. You know, because it's just. I was about to give a crass analogy here but it's it, it's a little bit about like you know you're getting really excited you're really excited you're real yeah. excited and then the girl you're sitting there talking just sorry i gotta go
1: yeah
2: i'll be back in an hour she comes back in an hour oh, okay things are going great sorry i got a phone call after three or four times you go fuck it i'm out of here i'm over it oh you know? and i don't know how you get the audience to that point that the WWE did WWE did so successfully and then not give them what they came for and expect them to stick around yeah you better have something good yeah you better have a great plan or be prepared
1: yeah and, and listen you know Roman Reigns is on like an all-time heel run right now he is he's he's just killing it but there were so many people that left that stadium just so disappointed. I was looking at the reactions around me. Eighty thousand people were ready for that moment, Derek. They and were
2: that, ready. And, and John, that's the that's the part right there. And it's this is old school. You know, I used to hear this all the time. Always leave them when it comes to the live events. Mm-hmm. Get your heat on TV because that's what TV's for. Get your heat on TV. That's fine. But man, when you get to that live event. When you get to that pay-per-view, when you're taking money out of their pocket and they're not just sitting around flipping channels, drinking a warm beer, but they've actually made a commitment, a financial commitment and a time commitment to go and participate, you better send them home happy. And if you don't, you're in trouble. Yeah. You know, that, that lesson, that wrestling life lesson is ricocheting around in the back of my head going, oh man, I hope they got a good plan.
1: So many people left disappointed and it was, it was sad to see, but uh here's this is the set by the way, Eric, look at that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Is that something or what? Hulk Hogan colors. I love that. Okay. <laughs> That's all the, is basically the Oscar set. It's red and yellow. Amazing. Beautiful. It was, it was insane to see in person. It, it was, it was a spectacle of a show. The main event was fantastic. It just, the ending was what it was and, you know you make of it what you will uh, i know look roman reigns he looks like a star he he looks like the guy he's the man right now in wwe he's on this historic run and you know one of the reasons eric bischoff that roman reigns is looking good is because you know you know that he is using manscaped to make sure that beautiful and beard because they got their beard products now. He's making sure that Samoan beard. Did you just say
2: that Roman Reigns had a beautiful smelling beard?
1: Samoan beard. Maybe he does have a beautiful smelling beard because Manscaped and the Beard Hedger package comes with a ton of great different add-ons that you can use to make sure that you're smelling great every single day. I think you misheard me, but I'll take it. (laughs) All right.
2: (laughs) No, it's fine. You know, maybe he does. I don't know. I've never smelled (laughs) his beard.
1: Hey, listen. benefit of the doubt. With WrestleMania season also means the NFL draft is here. And the most exciting prospect is the prospect of being perfectly groomed head to toe with our friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped has long had elite downfield play with their lawnmower 4.0. But in 2023, Eric, they've got the rookie sensation Beard Hedger to ensure the face of your franchise, like Roman Reigns, is a pretty one. This one-two punch of men's grooming is the best acquisition for any at-home GM. So go to manscaped.com, save some salary cap with our code WRESTLEBIZ. It's W-R-E-S-T-L-E-B-I-Z for 20% off plus free shipping. Now, Eric, I know for years we've been talking about how Manscaped keeps you clean down there. But you know very well that it's also important to make sure you're looking good up on the face when you got those important business meetings. Maybe you're using Empira and you got those special meetings with your staff. You want to look good on your face as well. And the Beard Hedger's changing the game with Manscaped. You think of it like this. You know, when you're perfectly groomed, your hair is
2: perfectly groomed, when your beard especially is perfectly groomed, it's kind of like a preview of coming attractions, right? So when you're walking through that nightclub and you see this beautiful person, I'm going to be inclusive. Across the room, checking you out. They're checking out that beard and that hair and going, huh, I wonder what the rest of this movie is going to look like. You got to be prepared. Show up prepared. Prepared the key to success.
1: Now listen, you know I'm a sports guy. I'm keenly in tune with the NFL draft. It's an event that I've covered many times. You know Tony Khan is ready for the NFL draft. And the Jacksonville Jaguars, they had a great season this. Oh past god.
2: Is he got a big announcement? Is there a big major Tony Khan announcement that's going to change the landscape of the NFL
1: forever? I think he has one. And it's that oh, And I think it's that he knows that the lawnmower 4.0 is making sure that even the poorest managed grass can look good at the end of the day. This elite electric trimmer is a lock for first round talent. Just look at its explosive talent with RPM. With all that power, the lawnmower is still the most nimble on the field with its skin safe technology that reduces your nicks and snags while making all the right cuts on the hair in the process. And now that you've done all the dirty work down there, Eric. It's time to make sure you look good out there with the Beard Hedger and it's 20 positions of precision. This powerful cordless trimmer helps you customize your look with a rotary wheel that has 20 lengths while only using one guard. In football, having a deep O-line may be a good thing at the end of the day, but in the bathroom, more than one guard is just an absolute (laughs) mess. Trust me on that one. Hair is everywhere. So we want to help you out here at Strictly Business. Get 20% off and free shipping From Manscaped with the code WrestleBiz at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use code WrestleBiz. Go from Mr. Irrelevant to a first-round pick with our friends over at Manscaped. Let's hit on AW before we wrap things up here. Big announcement last night, Eric Bischoff. This Big was actually, oh, I can't this wait. This was actually a major announcement. <laughs> this was a major announcement to, to Tony Khan's cred. This is probably the biggest major announcement that he's actually come through on. And that is at the end of August, AW is going to do AW All In from London's Wembley Stadium, 90,000 seat venue. It is AW's debut in the UK. Almost five years in the making here. Uh, Major stadium show. AW's first true major stadium show in New York. Of course, they have Grand Slam. That's about 20,000 people. Uh, This is a chance to sell much, much more than that. You know firsthand how hot the UK market is for wrestling. This is AW's first time there. What's your read on an announcement like that?
2: I think it's a great thing. uh, Kidding aside, because Tony's fun to make fun of. Gives you so much opportunity. But I think this is a good move. Uh, Look, the the, the UK market is a big market. AEW, their television product sucks, in my opinion. It's creatively vapid. Um, I don't think Tony Khan knows the first thing about producing a television show or booking. Um, But despite that, AEW's done very well in a lot of major markets, especially the first time they go into a market. There's still that new car smell that is associated with AEW as a, as a live event. And I'm guessing it's a pretty safe guess that they're going to do extremely well in the UK. Um, so I think it's a smart move. Do I think it's going to change the landscape forever? I think that's a lot of hyperbole, hyperbole and bullshit. How is it going to change the landscape? It's going to improve AEW's position internationally, but that doesn't change the landscape. Not reinventing any wheels here, folks. But I think it's a good move. I think it's going to, it will certainly help AEW's international distribution, which I think is very important. It's an important part of the business model. And I think it's gonna be a big, big boost when it comes to international television distribution. So I think it's a, it's smart business, but I'm, I'm sorry. I just don't agree on the change. It's Tony, Tony Khan, Dixie Carter are like related somehow. I don't know how, but I've never been around two people who are so full of hyperbole than Dixie Carter and Tony Khan. What do they call Tony? He's Tony Carter or Dixie Khan or something like that.
1: I don't know who they is, but but I've oh, heard it. I've heard it. I've heard it from.
2: I've heard it from people in AEW. Interesting. so, Interesting. yes, it's true.
1: Okay, uh, listen. I, I don't think you could take anything away from it being significant for the company at, at the very least that this is going to, in all likelihood, be the largest gate that they've done to date, and they're. I mean, what do you what do you think a realistic number could be for something like that? They're not drawing ninety thousand people to Wembley Stadium, but for the first time in the market in the UK, AW never been around there. It's easy to get to London from all these different countries within that territory. I don't think it's unfathomable to suggest that AW could do between forty to fifty five thousand people for this show, Eric.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, what did, has WWE been in the last? year or two
1: they did clash at the castle last year what they do i mean that was a legit sellout in in that stadium i can look up the exact attendance for you right now but keep in mind that that's a market that wwe has run before it's not like it's not this is the first time aw they did 62,296 i think WWE. aw will beat that you think they'll beat that Yep. okay so you think they're gonna do more than 62,000 yeah, i think the new car
2: smell will will work in their favor i think you know and they've also look i mean i don't I don't know anything about this, but it, you know, the cons own a football team.
1: They do. Mm-hmm. In the UK,
2: yep. they've got relationships. They've got press relationships. They've sure. got, they, there's a lot of infrastructure that AEW is going to be able to take advantage of over in the UK that will help, um, to the degree that they need it. But I think the new car smell is going to take them over the top. You know, WWE has been going to the UK and doing Wembley stadium and doing big events for what, 25, 30 years. So this is the new kid in town. And I think people are going to want to check it out. They're going to want to experience it firsthand. So I think it's going to do very, very well. I wouldn't be, would not be surprised if they exceed WWE. I'd be surprised if they didn't actually.
1: Yeah, I think they're going to draw pretty well, too. There's a lot of people that don't think they're going to. I think the new car smell is certainly part of it. I know you're not watching it right now, but I will say credit where credits do. I do think AW's television show has improved uh, pretty substantially in the last few weeks, especially the last month. There's been some structure. I hope that's
2: true. I, you know, I'll try and check it out. I was going to last night, but I've, I've just been super busy since I got home. We got home Sunday night, and I haven't been able to catch it. I thought today was Wednesday by the way. When you call me this morning, I'm thinking, God, why is he calling me? We don't have to record until tomorrow. Why is he calling me so early? And I went, Lori, what day is it? And my wife, Lori,
1: said, dipshit. It's Thursday.
2: <laughs> it's, Damn, no wonder John's calling me.
1: There uh, there was an all-time great MJF segment that is right up the Eric Bischoff alley of sports entertainment that uh, I'll have to send you away from. He, he did a full-on musical number in his hometown of Long Island so it, it, is, it is with a full live band with a live band and everything it was
2: oh that's awesome i gotta <laughs> see that i'll check it. i did record it so i'll check yeah. it out when we're
1: done here right in the eric bischoff wheelhouse there man wwe sale wrestlemania this AEW news so much happening anything else you want to bow tie here as we wrap up strictly business
2: no man i just uh it's great to be back in the saddle i know i've you know all i did was go to las vegas and hang out with my daughter and- wife and my sister and her boyfriend and have a great time, but I feel like I've been gone for a month. So I'm anxious to be back home and get back into my routine and, uh, look forward to next week's show. going to record a fresh 83 weeks this weekend. The weather's getting nice outside here in Wyoming. It's supposed to go up to 62 on Monday. So, you know, I'm just enjoying, uh, the idea of being outside for a few days.
1: I love the sound of that. Bring strictly business with you outside where you go for your walk, your run, whatever you do, 83weeks.com. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube as well. And then, of course, adfreeshows.com. That's the place you want to be. And if you'd like to get on board with Eric, I'm still trying to get us this new graphic, Eric, but we've got the uh, advertise with eric.com. That's A-D-V-E-R-T-I-Z-A-V, I -I 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 can't even spell, A-D-V-E-R-T-I-S-E with eric.com. And you can be part of Strictly Business and getting the word out about your business within our business. It's what Impera does every single week. And you see how much we put into them. And we'd love to put that effort into your business as well. well. Let's
2: put some effort into spelling that correctly. We will have a new graphic know. next time we do this I've, show.
1: I've I've. The inquiries have been made, Eric. You know they have. So
2: <laughs> There's, there's going to be a loud inquiry here in about five
1: minutes. So, I got to run, John. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Strictly Business. We'll see you right here next week.
0: John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you
2: can pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on a sliding
0: scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search BLEAV on YouTube
2: or wherever you listen.